Hey everybody, welcome to Signals from the Frontline. Every Wednesday, not so live cast until we get the internets out here in the middle of nowhere. But in the meantime, you get to hear our lovely voices over the sound waves as we come to you from our podcast. As always, brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week. I am your host, Mr. Reesius, and with me, oh my god, is it, can it be, it's not a rhino, it's a wild Frankie. How you guys doing? I'm back. A wild Frankie has appeared, hand me my Pokeball, I am going to catch him. Got to catch them all. Frankie, tell me, are we going to, are we going to get you back? Is this, is this just going to be, are you just teasing us? Is this, is this just a... A Tinder date that, uh, that that stands you up? Ooh, just, I don't know. Just teases you a little bit? No, I think there's a long-lasting relationship that you find on Match.com. Go ahead and type in Match.com, brought to you by Frontline Gaming, and make sure to... Lo- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That'd be great if <laughs> I, I had like, an affiliate keep, link with Match. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm back, guys. Uh, excited to be back. Hopefully you guys are excited, too. Um, I know I'm not the rhino, but we'll see what I can bring to this podcast. Sure, it's not much, but the bar is low. It's true. All right, for old time's sake, Frankie, why don't you read the first news item? Oh, my reading <laughs> hasn't gotten any better. So. <laughs> this week's GW pre-order includes the new Seraphim Battle Tome and some new start collecting boxes from Age of Sigmar. Who's excited about that? Let's hear the claps. Oh, man, so much excitement. Well, there's only two uh, of us in the room. But you can go ahead and grab those in our web cart. Uh, and if you get over $100 uh, in items, you get free shipping. Woo. Within the continental United States. No, everywhere. No, I'm just kidding. Just continental U.S. Screw you, Alaska and Hawaii. Just kidding. We would love to give you free shipping if we could afford to. It's so expensive. To it is so there. expensive. And if you're in a territory, well, that's just too bad for you. <laughs> Out there playing in, in Guam or Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Ooh. You know, one of my friends is like talking about moving to Puerto Rico. Really? Yep. Wow. There's a lot of tax benefits, and you can there's prop there's like you know property benefits and stuff that you can buy pretty cheap. Hmm. And it's obviously you're on a it's beautiful. beautiful island. Yeah. yeah. All right. A lot of the same reasons we moved to Nevada, but yeah. without <clears throat> the except need. for it being beautiful, you know. It's uh, you beautiful know, in its own way. It is beautiful out here, but it is in a different kind yeah. of way. For sure. And without the internet, you know? That part's not beautiful. Nevada's living in a place without internet. No, I'm just kidding. Most places have internet. It's just this one building that we decided to move into because we're really smart. Well, when we when we came to move in, they told us there was internet. When the tech came in to set it up, he's like, there's no internet. <laughs> we're like, what do you oh, mean? Oh, that's cool. That's, that's not possible. We're in the year 2020. Come on. Anyways, we'll have internet eventually. Enough about that. Let's hear about them Seraphim, Reese. All right. So the new battle tome for Age of Sigmar, obviously, is Seraphim. It is up. Uh, you can order it now from FrontlineGaming.org. Just go to store.frontlinegaming.org. And you can do so at a discount with free shipping options. And uh, this is the new the new big release. Uh, pretty exciting. Uh, I've been reviewing it, and we don't have time on this podcast to do like a full review. But I just want to talk about some of the highlights because it looks pretty cool. Uh, Seraphon are a uh, very appealing army because the models are, are very cool. They, As I've said before, I think they're really easy to paint. You can use the new contrast paints. Um, like if you, especially if you have an airbrush, a combination of um, some really quick airbrush work, some contrast paints and some dry brushing, a little bit of uh, brush work, and you're done. They're really easy to paint and they're really easy to make look good. 
Yeah. Um, well, and, the, the scales and all the crevices, it makes it, those washes and stuff just go right in. It makes it super appealing. Yeah, and there's actually a section in the book where they show you how to use contrast paints to really, really easily um, do like a two-tone paint scheme. And it looks amazing. Like you just dry brush it and you're, you're largely good to go. You just have yeah. to go do a little bit of detail work. Um, and they're just cool, you know, like an like a sort of Mesoamerican, Aztec, Mayan theme to go with the dinosaurs just feels really cool. Yeah. Um, and looking at the rules now, again, bear in mind, uh, I am far from an Age of Sigmar expert, <laughs> but in my unqualified opinion, they look really good. So there's a, there's multiple ways to play them, and they're both very thematic. Um, they have general rules that they get for kind of army-wide in the in the – theme of the new uh, modern uh, battle tomes uh pretty cool stuff like you can just you know give plus one attack to a hero every turn or you can give them plus one to run and charge rolls for a seraphon unit or you can give plus one to cast and dispel for a wizard and that's really really powerful especially for things like lord croak who has a board wide um uh unbind or deny the witch uh role so really strong, right? Like you can just give him a plus one and he's already extremely good. He's one of the best wizards in the game. Um, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, they have a, every turn, you can take a new spell. That's really common with the new books is that turn by turn, they get a different kind of thematic ability based on whatever, you know, cool thing in the backstory of the army. Um, but one of the other things I really liked about it is that you you pick a keyword to give your army. They're either... Uh, Starborn or Coalesced. Starborn are more magic based and the Coalesced are more um, melee based. So that was the one that jumped out at me. Like I think just reading it off the cuff and I 100% could be wrong. Starborn sounds like it's the better choice because it gives you like a ton of like abilities to get more magic and you get summoning points. So every turn you get, um, as far as I can tell off, off the cuff, it's up to 2d3 points and then you can start summoning in units so that's obviously really good yeah summoning in age of sigmar is super important to go grab those objectives that are across the board and whatnot um in the couple games that i played a while ago uh that's what just kicked my butt i charged in did so much damage to uh, andrew's army and they just resummoned all the units i could i was like yeah <laughs> that's how i went with my uh, beast of chaos is that they're not really good at winning fights yeah but i i was i won most of the games i played um, just because I would just win the mission. Yeah. Because in Age of Sigmar, for those of you who are 40k fans, primarily killing stuff almost doesn't matter. In Age of Sigmar, it's strictly about board control and, and holding objectives. Yeah. So you can just lose like buckets of models, and it doesn't it doesn't matter. Nope. Um, it really comes down to resilience, uh, or just how many units you can put on the table. So or hyper offense, right? Like yeah. if you can just murder stuff. That's the way the free cities, in my experience, win is you just kill so much stuff because they don't have a summoning mechanic. Um, you just, but their, their offense is ludicrous. Like you just blow people away and it's just, can I do it fast enough? Yeah. So in the coalesce, there's another two sub factions, the um, uh, Quaddle's Claw, Ooh. which is more oriented towards like infantry and, or Thunder Lizard, which is oriented towards the big monsters. And it's really cool because if you take a Thunder Lizard coalesced seraphon themed army it's like the benefits you get are crazy so all your big monsters get plus two wounds um you get uh minus one damage super good that's super duper good dude and you like 
a lot of the big the big beasties become battle lines. So you can have an army of all like big dinosaurs. That's amazing. Right? Yeah, that's, I was like, that would that be the sounds, army that I would play. <laughs> I was like, that sounds awesome. That sounds yeah. like so much fun. Um, or and then or with like a uh, Quattle's Claw, you can get a plus one attack to the jaw weapons for coalesce units. So uh, all the Saurus units have a bite attack. So your basic Saurus warrior would have three attacks. That's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Now, to be fair, the bite attack is hitting on fives, but mm. it's still a lot of extra attacks. Um, or the other one, which is really, really strong, is the old school cold-blooded rule, which is really anybody played fantasy is familiar. But in uh, in Sigmar, it's like even better than it was. And this is for Quaddle's Claw, um, if I remember correctly. Oh, no, any coalesce can take this. Yeah, really strong. Um, you just ignore um, modifiers to morale. Super good. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So then you can take big giant units of like Saurus warriors and you just don't have to worry about morale because they're, they're, their morale is eight. Yeah. They're not running away. They're literally <laughs> you're, like, you're, you, you almost don't have to worry about it at all. Yeah. Right. So like if you, and I hope I'm saying this wrong, I'm not making an ass of myself, but if you lose like 10, 12 guys, normally that's like brutal. Now you're like, nope, don't care. So it's it's extremely good. Yeah, it makes it very powerful because in Age of Sigmar, um, those big units a lot of times are a detriment because of morale. Um, when you go in, anything that does like two damage, three damage is actually killing three guys or right. two guys. Yeah. So again, that, that scaly skin is really good, not only for the big beast, but for the big units. Yeah. It's really reducing the amount of damage you take. So that is to, to offset the fact that you don't get summoning. But, like, to me, I would rather play this. This just sounds really fun. Yeah, big monsters running around. That sounds great. Or big giant units of Saurus yeah. warriors and Temple Guard and stuff. So, really cool. And then the Starborn on the other side of it, like, you get summoning and all. You can uh, do cool stuff like um, shoot your, like, uh, Bastilladon twice in one turn or use the Celestial uh, Engine. You can use it twice in one turn. And that's with some of the um, specific, like, um, I forget what they call them, factions within them. It's like their chapters. Yeah. So it looks to me really, really cool. And then, of course, there's the new, the only new model kit is the Realm Sphere engine, which it's a giant, um, like, yeah. Aztec temple. It looks really, really cool. It does look really cool. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a really popular faction. Um, I, of course, I could be wrong. I'm not razor sharp on the AOS meta like I used to be, if I ever really was. But I used to be much more in tune with it. Um, and it's really tempting because I already have like a number of Seraphon models just sitting on my shelf, and I'm like, God, this would be so much fun. Yeah, and to make a dinosaur to army. Paint it up too. So yeah, the scales really make the army easy to paint. So. And then um, with Quattle's Claw, like if you take the their chapter, you get plus one to hit rolls um, for Saurus units to charge that turn. So then you're hitting on threes and fours. And they have a command ability that you can make a unit count as if it charged so that it's getting plus one to hit. That's huge. Yeah, super duper good. Um, and you can get command points back. But the Thunder Lizard just sounds awesome. Yeah, dude. the name's amazing anyway. So, Dude, you just have a... Uh, well, Dinosaur means... Oh, Terrible Lizard, that's right. Um, you, you, just, you can literally have an army of nothing but big monsters. Like Stegodons become Battle Line. That's huge. Yeah. That would be so much fun. Right? <laughs> it's a knight army, but with lizards. Yeah, it would be really, really fun. And then you can also make um, Saurus Guards, Saurus Knights, and Skinks Battle Line as an option as well. 
instead of your just traditional source warriors. That's great. Yeah. So um, don't have time to go into everything in this podcast, but wanted to kind of talk about some of the highlights because there's so much cool stuff. Yeah, um, these new uh, battle tomes are huge. There's so much information in them. Um, it's hard to get it all out. So yeah, and like there, there's another, there's a couple uh, War Scroll battalions that are really, um, really convenient. It takes you like three battle line plus a HQ, and like you can improve the rin characteristic of your bite by one, or you can increase the rin characteristic of your normal melee weapons by one. Um, and then the bite one makes sense if you also taking the extra bite attack. Right. So then all of a sudden, all of your attacks can be AP or rend one, excuse me. Um, so there's all kinds of layered combos. Yeah. And something that I really like that they do in Age of Sigmar, um, especially in these new battle tomes, is they allow you to unlock other uh, battle line units, which is yep. what 40K used to do back in the day. Um, when you take certain HQs, you would unlock like bikes as troops and stuff like that. Um, I really like that because. It allows you to play the models that you really enjoy and put them into a uh, uh, part of the, your detachment. That's really important. So, yeah, it's super cool. And then um, another fun one: the Firelands Temple Host. It's a Scar Veteran and three units of Saurus Knights. You add three to run and charge rolls for units um, when they're wholly within uh, the Scar Veteran, and then of course you can combine that with the plus one to run and charge. So you could have like a plus four charge. I like, like it. yeah, it it. it it allows you to get up the field and actually charge into units rather than getting shot to death by your darn uh, rockets and yeah. stuff like that. And then, of course, <laughs> on a on a Saurus Knight, if you have minus one damage, they're, they're two wound models. Like, it's really helpful. Yeah. So, yeah, you can pick that up uh, for pre-order. Those will be ready to ship out this weekend. Um, if you are interested, give it a look. And then, of course, there's other Star Collecting Boxes for the Gloom Spike Gets and Daughters of Cain. Both really popular armies, really. Uh, Daughters of Cain, especially, really good. Yeah. Um, and those are a good value. And we sell them at an additional discount. They're already discounted boxes. So give those a look if interested. In other news, GW announced a slew of amazing new models coming out. And man, they look absolutely amazing. Um, of course, this is an audio only podcast. Normally, it's visual as well. But until we get the internets, uh, you have to use the power of your imagination or. Head on over to the Warhammer community page or uh, frontlinegaming.org and check it out. But um, there's new models for the Escher Gang for Necromunda. And man, they're really uh, fleshing out Necromunda. Yeah. Um, and these new Escher models, they're like hunters or huntresses. They're like they, predators. Yeah, they are. And the, that's what they do in, this, in the lore. They run yeah. around like hunting stuff. Um, and then they have some new undead. Yeah, um, these models look cool. Yeah, the, these are these new models, which of course you can't see, but you can imagine. Um, there's like reanimated Escher. They're like zombies, basically. Um, they look very dark Eldari. Yeah. And uh, they use them to, you know, shock troopers in the gang. And uh, kind of cool too is they're releasing some new like monster kits for Necromunda. It's really, really similar to Warcry. Does the same thing where there's like roaming monsters. Uh, so that that's we're getting kind of a similar um, idea or game mechanic for Necromunda, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, then there's a new uh, Daughters of Cain, uh, Shadespire, or Warhammer Underworlds gang that they previewed, which has some really cool, uh, uh, what used to be called Witch Elves, uh, Daughter of Cain models. They look slick. They I look, like the Snake Lady. That's cool. Yeah. You know, it's a shame because in the Daughters of Cain army, yeah. um, the Lemians, like the Snake Ladies, and then the the winged, like kind of harpy ones, they don't you don't really see them in competitive play. It's just about hordes of the Witch Elves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
The models are awesome. The models are so good. Yeah. So hopefully when they get their, you know, half yearly update, they can give them a boost so that you actually, you know, you see them more frequently. Plus it gives me hope if they ever release a Fulgrim model, how awesome he's going to look. I, I don't like the snake man I idea. Cool. I think it looks, it just sounds stupid, looks but so cool. whatever. Uh, we also got some new Adeptus Titanicus models. These are um, some of the Forge World Knights, uh, the Castigator and the uh, Archeon or Asheron. Um, really cool. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of support coming out for Adeptus Titanicus. Titanicus is so cool. If they ever release like infantry models into Titanicus, I'll start playing for sure. If it becomes epic, I'm in. Yeah. 100%. As it is with just Titans. Eh. Yeah. It's cool. It's just not not compelling enough for me personally. Uh, we got some new Lumineth models, and this is the upcoming Age of Sigmar faction. Uh, the High Elves, basically, really, really cool. Dude, I think these are the best kits I've ever seen. Like, the archers are just so cool. Yeah. Like, uh, I always loved High Elves when I was growing up, so it's one of those armies that I might start one day. Yeah, the models are absolutely brilliant. And then we've got the archers, and I can't remember what this meditating guy called i think he looks awesome no it's just there's too much going on on his base it's like, it's like what earth is wind and fire there's a tree <laughs> there's no fire it's in my mind it's earth and wind it sets my heart on fire <laughs> oh that's what it is there it is <laughs> i i love it uh it's a very dynamic model uh, i think it looks really cool and it's the the floating meditating guy with the ginormous helmet and staff but i love it and then uh, in a in an additional preview they were showing off some of the big like the the, the the centerpiece models, which is like Teclis with his crazy so cool. cat winged beastie friend. Yeah. Um, just, they're amazing. They're amazing. And then what, Frankie, what's your take on this model? Um, it's a 40K model. It's like a little homunculi it's, guy. It's Fabulous's little uh, helper. That's what I thought too. Yeah, it is. It is they, well, I think it is. They previewed a model that has like flesh on his like shoulder pad and a bunch of um, and he's pulling out a Marine's yeah, gene seed. He's obviously a chaos it's guy. It's got to be for Fabulous. Yeah. There are some people speculating online that since he's taking the gene seed from a Primaris Marine, that chaos are going to get Primaris Marines now. I don't like, why are they not already? Like, I don't it, know. It, I mean, they're the same size the new chaos space Marines are. They're, they're, they're slightly smaller, but yeah. the new, like the Plague Marines and stuff are already the equivalent size. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. It'd be interesting. It'd be cool if they did. Um, Hell yeah, it'd be cool. I, I like that little guy. I think he looks cool. Yeah, he looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then they also previewed on Sunday the new Sisters of Battle uh, kit, which this completes everything in the Codex, I believe. Um, and these will be going up for pre-sale on the coming Saturday, um, which is, I believe, the 13th. Yeah, the 13th of March. And you can pick those up from us. We would recommend grabbing them quickly. They're probably going to sell out really quite, really fast. And uh, we got some Sisters Repentia, uh, a new take on it. It's a little, like it's a less like sexy look like they used to. Yeah, I'm just used to be. No, I'm just kidding. I always liked that. This makes more sense. But you know, <laughs> in today's you know world, this yeah. definitely makes more sense. And just from a like realism standpoint, yeah. these girls look like they've been in the gym. They look like uh, they just got out of the octagon. Yeah. They definitely look like they could kick your ass. Um, not as much on the sexy side of things, but you know. Hey, you know what? It's not the 90s anymore, bro. It's a different world today. And it does it for some people, so. Yeah, it's it was, cool. I like that they have, like, some of them have, like, robot legs and stuff like that. It's, yeah. They look. They definitely look scary. Different take, so. I like it. Yeah. They're really cool. Um, and then we got the new Sef, uh, Seraphim and Zephyrim yep. models. The And, of course, as you've been seeing in, in um, the data showing us the Sisters of Battle 
the new book is really good. Yeah. Um, and the, the Zephyrum, the Melee sisters are extremely popular. They've been very prevalent in the, winning lists. The one with the banner is incredible. That's yeah. such a cool model. It doesn't make a damn bit of sense to fly through the air holding a flag that's well, on that's fire. That's on fire, yeah. But I mean, doesn't even it's, make 40 sense. K, it's 40k, whatever. Yeah. It's also a little bird like following it. Okay. That makes more sense than How carrying that a giant sense? flag. Yeah, the know. aerodynamics of carrying a flag while you're jumping through the hey, air. They rode horses and carried flags back in the day. Okay. That makes a lot more sense than trying to fly and do it. <laughs> no. She just starts spinning out of control. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do that, but that's fine. Uh, and then we got, of course, the Exorcist and the Rhino and their beautiful later. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's right. So, yeah, tons of stuff. Then a couple characters, which, of course, if you want to go see them, check them out. And, and the terrain piece. And the yeah. terrain piece, which we finally get an idea for what it is. And it looks literally just like a ruin with a statue. Yep. It, there's nothing special about this. They should have just sold the statue. Yeah. <laughs> so all that and more coming out. Wow. Lots of cool stuff to get excited about. Uh, it is a golden age for many. Like anybody's been playing this game for a long period of time, the rate at which we're getting new stuff is staggering. Yeah, I mean that the releases we just looked at would have been nine months in oh, the easily, past. Easily, yeah. This is uh, this is crazy. They're releasing so much every week. It's it's insane. I'm not even sure how they're keeping up with it. So, and as a great segue into that, we are releasing a brand new FLG mat. Uh, Today, it's called Galactic Cathedral. It would be perfect for a game involving Sisters of Battle or anything like that. For sure. You can check that out and grab one at store.frontlinegaming.org. And this is going to be up uh, for the next two weeks as a pre-order. But we will start shipping them sooner than that. Um, we can, we're actually in a position we can start shipping them almost uh, within a couple of days, uh, thankfully. So check it out. It evokes the, an, uh, a scene that would be perfect for some sort of a gigantic cathedral is the name would recommend frankie wanted to call it space church i think that's way better i don't think so i think that's great galactic cathedral hey, is space pants was a hit space church number two all right if we can get Tyrion lannister to come in I and guess. pitch it we'll call great. it space church otherwise i think galactic cathedral sounds a lot cooler <laughs> but the the mat has some cool um uh, aspects to it it has uh, stained glass uh effects which I haven't seen before, so really. Yeah, cool. it's as if there's light coming in from the ceiling yeah. that's passing through a stained glass window, and you can see like the, not the reflection, the impression, I guess. Yeah. Or the the light coming through it reflected on the the ground. Uh, it's a really neat kind of like special effect effect, something we we haven't done before, but it, yeah. it looks really neat. Uh, so check that out if you want to go grab one. We have it available in a wide variety of sizes. Currently, we are out of six by three and three by three of every mat. Boom. But we should have those back uh, within the next couple months. In other news, Ooh. the new Space Marine FAQ is certainly seeming to have an effect. Uh, we have data from two weeks. It's still a small sample set because not every event in the last two weeks used the Space Marine FAQ. Some of them chose not to because it came out too close to their event. We always feel like you should enact an FAQ like almost right away um, because that's you know the new rules of the game. But each event... TO is the captain of their own ship. Um, and some people felt it impacted list building too much. However, taking a look at um, the stat block, which again, if you want to see this visually, go to frontlinegaming.org, click on the uh, blog post for signals from the episode, uh, Frontline episode 675, which is the current one. I've been doing this for quite a while. And you can go in and take a look at the stats for yourself. 
But the big one to note is the, uh, you know, the gorilla in the, the corner of the room, uh, Iron Hands, has dropped down to a 52.66 percentage win ratio. Uh, Again, small sample set, that's not definitive. But previously, and I have the stats for all of 2020 up, they were at a 63% win ratio, which is entirely too high. (laughs) And now they're down to a much more reasonable um, 53% more or less. Uh, Still good, still above, you know, 50-50 but within a range of acceptable power. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, like you said, it is a smaller sample set, but gives you a pretty good picture that the FAQ was uh, needed and has brought everything kind of more in line with each other. So. Yeah, and that's 32 different Iron Hands armies played over a total of um, 100, close to 200 games. So it's a, it's you know it's a good it's a good amount of data I think within the next week or two we'll really know. Yeah. But it looks like the Marine FAQ did its job. Imperial Fists right now are batting uh 50% win ratio just under that 49.39%. So they really got impacted. Yeah. The the army that doesn't look like it had anything done to it is Raven Guard. They're still batting a 60% win ratio, which is higher than uh the game devs would like it to be. Um they've expressed that they think a plus or minus 5% from the mean or the median. But really, Reese, a 70% win ratio with Crimson Fist. For one guy. I know, there was only one guy. <laughs> he did really well. So, yeah, it's funny because people look at this like, this is yeah. a bottle or broken. I'm like, all right, two people played them and they had a collective 4-0 in one performance. So, yeah, it, that's not that's nothing. Like, it looks... It looks good for Sisters Battle so far. And then Crimson Fist, there was one person, and he went 3-1-1. One, and one. That's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> um, what Some of the other interesting data is post-Marine FAQ, uh, Raven Guard are the king of the castle right now with any kind of meaningful sample uh, data set, which is interesting. But they were batting just about the same win percentage before. Yeah. So they the new no, FAQ really. doesn't seem to affect them, even though – one of the things in the FAQ specifically said they don't get to infiltrate their centurions anymore. So I think what we've been seeing is people are switching to aggressors and doing the exact same thing almost as effectively. Yeah. And I think most of the Raven guard players, instead of uh, infiltrating the centurions, now they're deep striking them on turn two or out and getting them, the yeah. extra charge range. So they're still able to do pretty much the same thing they were. This episode is brought to you by HP instant ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. But some of the other interesting data points, uh, Thousand Suns are up there at a 57%. The Psychic Awakening gave them a lot to be happy about. Uh, Custodes, kind of a small sample set, but they seem to be doing quite well. Uh, another one that was really interesting to me, Tyranids, with a decent 26 uh, different players, 47 games. Again, early on, but they seem to be batting a 54%. Psychic Awakening really buffed them up. That's what I've been playing recently, and I've been very pleased uh, with them. And Frankie, you've been playing against me. Yeah. And uh, it's I think it's a pretty dang noticeable difference in how they're performing. 
Yeah, no, I think they're doing really well. Um, it's interesting to see how many armies are doing above fifty percent. There's quite a few. A ton, <laughs> a ton, right? When yeah. we the, when the 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 Space Marine behemoth was toned down, all of these armies jumped above fifty percent. Which, if we scroll down to the uh, all the twenty twenty total data set, not very many armies are above fifty percent, and most oh. of them are Space Marines. Yeah, That's right. Funny. Yeah, like it's it's a huge difference, right? Uh, the 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 data is pretty telling yeah right previously it was like all marines above 50 percent, everyone else under yeah and now it's a ton of stuff above 50 percent, like more than half the field or just about half the field and then not that many of them are space marines yeah and the majority of the armies are within like a a reasonable amount you know like 45 percent to 53 percent. i think that's that's a great range and that's a majority of the armies in the game right now so yeah, like I was saying, the game does have said 45 to 55% is where they want all the armies in the game to be. And that's a very reasonable, realistic goal, right? Yeah. Um, you know, below 45%, we're really only seeing uh, crazy white scars are that low, but it's a small sample set. Um, we're really only seeing armies that uh, lack a psychic awakening supplement or just have some, you know, flaws like uh, Black Templars struggle a bit not that many people are playing them though there was only two people so that's not that's not enough um space wolves knights knights is just struggle in this edition really they 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 struggle with anything that has to do with board control uh death watch uh ultramarines that low is crazy to me i thought that they would have jumped up but we'll see but yeah space wolves dark angels and stuff like that so again it's a small sample set but um you know that's it. Everyone else is in a really strong position. Yep. And again, going in, check, compare it to the all, you know, aggregated 2020 data, um, which is a more compelling data set because there's a lot more information. But some of the big offenders like Imperial Fists, Iron Hands, they have really dropped down to a much more reasonable number. Yeah. Some of the ones that have always been up there, like Azriani are always up there. Uh, Grey Knights are doing really well now. They're, the Grey Knights are extremely good now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chapter approved and uh, Psychic Awakening gave them a big boost. Huge, huge. <laughs> they are boost. a completely different army than they were before. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting to see. It's also a really compelling argument for these supplements that come out uh, as we go. Yeah. Because if you look, armies uh, pre and post supplement, almost all of them go get significantly better. Yep. Except for poor Gene Steeler Cult. No, well, they they're Let's doing quite it. a bit better. GC Cold is up at a 53% win ratio now. Boom. And they were. Oh, they were killing it before. They were at 52, but that also includes, um, that's all of 2020. Yeah. That was already post-nerf, so they were still doing pretty well, actually. And I think as Peter the Falcon was telling me, which if if you want to see more of this data, go to 40kstatcenter.com. A lot of the Gene Sealer Cult armies are actually forces of the hive mind. They're mixed. Yeah, with Tyranid the and Gene Sealers. Because yeah. yeah. Tyranid's got a lot of us from Psychic Awakening. So. They did. So Gene Sealer Cult, Mono Faction, which you can go and look at that data um, over at 40K Stats Center. You can go and click just Mono Faction list to see how they're doing. I didn't, obviously, I didn't do that. This is just a screenshot. Yeah. But really, really interesting if you want to see how a Mono Faction army is performing. Because as uh, Peter was relating it to me, like I, like I just said, a lot of the Tyranid and Gene Sealer Cult armies are actually mixed. Yep. They're kind of picking. Um, yeah, 33% of them were mixed. Yeah, it's interesting. 
All right. Talk, let's talk about some ITC news. And of course, if you like the ITC, you like what it's about, you think it's improved your hobby, improved your community, consider supporting it financially via the Patreon. It does cost a lot of money to make the ITC happen. And the amount of man hours and woman hours that go into it uh, is you know, really without calculation at this point. <laughs> it's a so, lot. Yeah, so consider supporting it. You can do it for as little as a dollar a month and all the money goes back into the ITC. Uh, upcoming events, we have a bunch this weekend. Nothing last weekend was bananas, man. That was insane. But uh, this week we do have a lot of events going on all around the world per usual at this stage of the ITC. We have one, two, three, four, five GTs, the Maryland Open in uh, Frederick, Maryland, the Scottish Takeover 7 in Elgin uh, in Scotland. We have the Lugnut GT in Pensacola, Florida, the Middletown Open GT in Delaware, and the Zakeda Open in Quebec, Canada. Yeah, it's great to see all the GTs and everything. We've been seeing an explosion of attendance um, over the last couple of years. So it's great to see those events growing as they are. It's insane how global it is too. Like this week yeah. we have an event in uh, Germany, yep. uh, all over the place. We have one in uh, Guadalajara, Mexico uh, this weekend. Yeah, just tons in um, St. Petersburg, oh, Florida. I thought I was going to say Russia. But yeah, just tons of events. And of course, we have a bunch of Age of Sigmar events Ooh. going on this weekend as well. And Kill Team, uh, Shadespire, or Warhammer Underworlds, as you call it, et cetera, et cetera. Let's take a look at the current rankings. Boom, so five scores. Yep. Um, I don't think they've updated the... I'll, have to, I'll talk to the BCP guys. They haven't updated the rankings to reflect that it's six events now for, uh, for 40K. And Vic VJ does have all six scores, uh, but the current rankings is Vic VJ has been in the lead the entire season so far, uh, and he has a significant lead. He really does, jeez, dude. The rankings are dominated by UK players right now. <laughs> uh, Mike Porter, also of the UK, just as Vic is, is in second. Kaz Jones in third. Marcus Hinson in fourth, and Ash Loftus in fifth. Current hobby track top five, Jeffrey Merrick in first, Bert Applebaum in second, James Weston in third, John Lennon in fourth, and Charles Arnett in fifth. Also goes by Chuck Arnett. Often see him in both of those rankings. Current Age of Sigmar top five, Matt Beasley in first, Hannah Eastham in second, Matt Abbott in third, Jarrett Zizweta in fourth, and Matt Orbinger in fifth. Jeremy needs to step up his game. Come on, Jeremy, Jeremy was in first place last week. I know. <laughs> Drop down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, current hobby track top five. Matt Abbott in first. Dan Sanchez in second. Brian Blickle in third. Robert Snyder in fourth. Ryan Burwell in fifth. Current Underworlds top five, a name we hear on these rankings all the time. Ivan Cho in first place. Followed by Glenn Dean in second, Jonathan Colson in third, Christopher Avalos in fourth, Scott Dreisen in fifth. And your kill team current top five, Janice Gilhelm, another name we see all the time in the kill team rankings, is currently sitting in first, Shane Watts in second, Chris Harris in third, Manuel Melgizo in fourth, and John Sow in fifth. Congratulations. I completely forgot. How did you not put Gazgul in this post? I totally forgot. That is like 
one of the coolest models ever, and you didn't put him in this. What's the new Ragnar Blackmane model too? Yeah, but he's why would you release Ragnar right next to that amazing Gazgul? It's like look at this guy, he's kind of cool, right? And then you've got Gazgul who's just like wow, a masterpiece. You're yeah. Like, okay. Well, and it's funny too because Frankie and I obviously are playtesters, so um, we get the rules for these models way in advance. But like, I don't. I'm just as excited to see what yeah, they look like as sure. everybody else. And because you look at their stats and you're like trying to envision it, you're like, what is this model like physically? Um, and you can usually get a pretty good idea, of course. So when I obviously as an org player and a space, space wolf player, I was really excited. So when I finally saw him, I was like, oh man. Yeah. I mean, the, the Ragnar model is cool. It's he, amazing. He's really good. But the Gazgul model is just incredible. He's huge. He's like as big as like the Redemptor Dreadnought, it looks like. Yeah, he is a big BC. I think he looks like he's the size of a Hellbrute. Maybe, yeah. He's um, pretty big. He's big, yeah. He's really big. And it's uh, it's funny, too, because Gaz's old model still 100% holds up, but it's a big hunk of oh, metal. Oh, for sure, yeah. And uh, uh, Ragnar's model is ancient. <laughs> Super ancient. Ancient. Yeah. He was in dire need of an update. And the one I'm the most excited for, this is not a hint. This is just me assuming that it will get done, is uh, Asriel. Oh, dude, that would be awesome. His model's super old, too. It's ancient. It's yeah. tiny, dude. It's yeah. so little. And I'm like, oh, come on. Get around to making guy. this guy. guy. Get this guy in Primaris mode and make him look just, you know, he would look so good. Yeah. No, what we really need is another Primark. Give us another Primark. Dude, everyone has been like, it's been years. Give I'm like, something. come on. Give me something. Maybe with this ridiculous stock market, you know, dip due to... <laughs> He's like, all right, really coronavirus them all. fear. I'm like, maybe that'll <laughs> stimulate it. You know, like, uh, well, it's funny because the loyalists only have one, and then chaos has two. Two. You're like, well, why they, not release they, another loyalist one at least. They were dropping hints in seventh edition of Lehman Russ, oh, yeah. the Lion, and uh, Fulgrim. All three yeah. of those have been heavily hinted at. Which what? I am super. I I hope they, they were like, Fulgrim, dude. I'm dude like, in the Space on. Wolf book, they were like, "We've seen him. He's coming." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, cool." Well, it's just weird that you get. We got three Primarchs like pretty fast, like one right after the other, and then it's just like nothing. You're like me or the lion too. Oh, like on. in the Dark Angels book, it's like, "Oh yeah, he's here." Yeah, you're like, well, where is he? <laughs> like, wake him up! Him. Yeah, you've slept in long enough. It's time yeah. to get up. Come dude. on, man, do your work. Yeah, so I mean, I'm sure they have their reasons, but it's like everyone is like, just come on, give well, us another Primark. To be fair, I guess the orcs just got their Primark. They got Gazgul. So Who in the floor got actually. his head cut off? Yeah, but he's still alive. He's a big guy. That means that. Wait, who chopped off his head? I I can't remember. No. Yeah, that didn't happen. he was dead. He was killed in the fluff. No, Gazgul wasn't dead. Well, apparently not. Hashtag Gazgul lives forever. <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> Mad Dog Rostick just snow- sewed his head back on. He's like, he's not. That's why he's in a new armor, man. That gives me hope for yeah. Ferris Manus. No. Who also got his head cut off. I hope he just comes back as a head. They're like, and here's your model. And he's just this little head on a base. He should be a head on or a, a dreadnought. A, a Primaris Marines carrying him. Like a football? Yeah. Doing the Heisman? That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> It should be Fulgrim doing the Heisman with oh, his head. There you go. And all the better. Iron Hands are chasing him. Like, like, give no. it back. He's give like, it back. Ha. He's like, hee, hee, hee. I mean, they got to bring all the Primarchs back. It would be dumb not to. No. And, like, I get it from the lore. People would be like, oh, but. Would be, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I don't give a flying just, F. I mean, you can just release them, like, pre-death or something. I don't know. Who don't cares? Know. Just come up with a fluff no. reason. No. No. Maybe like a clone or something, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Who cares? Yeah. I want a giant, badass night Haunter model. And he didn't become a demon primary. So he would be like, he would look like uh 
Guillemin in, in your already have. power yeah, armor. The 30k one. That's exactly him. I have that he model. He hasn't changed. No, make him bigger. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, because I that would be amazing. I totally want that. Yeah. Uh, and then also, of course, if uh, any of you are coming to Adepticon, which we can't wait to see everybody there, Frankie and I will be there shoutcasting. Um, looking forward to it. So, Frankie, what what is your prediction in this current meta? Uh, who do you think is going to take it for forty k? What army? Hmm. Um, we we always back jockeys, not horses. Meaning we usually bet on a player, not an army. But in this instance, let's just. Uh, uh, mess around with it a little bit. What what army do you think uh, is going to come out on top at Adepticon? Um, and they do have rather unique missions, which is going to change things. Yeah, they do have some different missions. Um, I think I think most of the players that were playing Iron Hands are top notch players, and I think a lot of them will be making the shift over to Raven Guard. So my money's on Raven Guard. Looking at the stats, I would say that's an intelligent choice. Yeah. I think well, and one of the advantages a lot of the Adepticon missions are very heavily slanted towards board control. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, not a bad choice because Raven Guard can establish board control in the deployment phase. For sure. Um, I think an army that's resilient, um, has a lot of board presence, can take a punch and still hold the table, I think will do really well. Um, I think you could, do, you could see like a Bolgren, um, kind of a Brandon Grant style uh, Astro Militarium list, I think it'd do really good. Uh, where you have you know, a legion of tanks, a big unit of Bolgren, a ton of infantry, um, it's just so much to kill, and I think that that could do really well. Astro Militarum have seen a big boost yeah. in their win ratio post uh, FAQ. Um, I could see, surprisingly, because I'm playing the army, I could see a Tyranid army built for board control do really, really well, because uh, they're not that great at killing stuff, but they're really good at holding the board. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a list with uh, bugs, which would be really good, would be around like 300 gro- or, uh, gaunts. gaunts. Um, granted who wants to play that many gaunts, not me, but I think it would be, it also looked really cool on the table. All these little bugs running across, but well, yeah, one of the, one of the things that I've been looking at in the new NID book that I think is kind of flying under the radar is warrior warriors now are, are incredibly good for 18 points. If you take a warrior with just two sets of scything talents, um, Reese, you're losing all credibility right now. No, I'm, I'm serious. We just lost like 10 followers. Well, that happened when you came back on. I don't think so. We People are like, that. does Frankie even play 40k anymore? Like, um, you can get them up to like AP3, even 4 in some instances with Scything Talons. They, if you have a, a warrior a prime nearby that you're hitting on 2s, you're going to have 4 attacks, re-rolling 1s. So they have 97% accuracy easily with AP2. Not difficult to get them to AP3. And all of a sudden, this 18-point model that has 3 wounds, has objective secured, is fearless, all this crazy stuff um, that can be, you know, moving up the table relatively quickly, you can take ridiculous amount. Like I was doing the math on it and uh, not that anybody has this many, but you could take six units of nine. um, Give me good luck chewing through that many wounds, especially when you take some of the combos available to you. Of course, minus one to hit is an obvious one, but you can also have minus one strength um, on models that get shot via the new stratagem with the Malice Scepter, and a lot, a lot of weapons are strength four. Yep. So all of a sudden now they're wounding you on, they're, they're minus one to hit, essentially minus one to wound, um, and then you can take all kinds of fun stuff. Um, you can make one unit of them, ignore AP one and two, it's huge. Um, you can have them regenerate one uh, wound per turn. There's all this crazy stuff that you can do 
to them to make them more resilient. So um, I think I, I could see that working. I just don't know who is going to commit to making that many Tyranium Warriors. Yeah, I think it'd be a really fun list too. Um, and the three wounds is like a, a sweet spot. Like uh, there's a lot of two damage weapons out there. Um, so they can soak up two of those hits, which is very powerful. So. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, you know, I got two units on the brain right now. So that's where my head's at. <laughs> but I think uh, even like an army like Death Guard uh, or Thousand Sons, which are actually really resilient and they have a lot of uh, hyped up offense now. I could see an army like that doing really well. Something that is not that you wouldn't normally pick because of the nature of the missions. So, yeah, yeah. We'll see. And then I know this is a long bomb for you, buddy, but what do you think? Age of Sigmar. Oh, dude, Age of Sigmar, I'm going Caradron Overlords for sure. And why is that? Because they got boats. They <laughs> boats got and hoes. son. <laughs> <laughs> Prestige All worldwide. All day. So are you going <laughs> to invest in us or what? Uh, I don't know. Look, looking at the numbers, I think – uh, Ozark Bone Reapers have a good chance. They've been doing really, really well. A lot of people are playing them. Uh, of course, Jeremy Vessier switched, and he he won the ITC with Fire Slayers. Um, and then, of course, you, you can never, never discount Daughters of uh, not Daughters of Cain. They're really Slanesh. good too. Slanesh. Yeah, Slanesh has been kicking butt. They've so. been dominating. Yeah, that's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 675 of Signals from the Frontline. I hope you enjoyed it. Please get out there and grab your tickets to the Bay Area Open and the SoCal Open, both of which uh, registration is open presently. Going to be a lot of fun. SoCal Open, uh, kind of exciting this year. We got upgraded to an even bigger hall, which is nuts for anybody who's been to it, um, for free, which was pretty cool. It's because they accidentally double booked us. We'll take it. We'll take it. So that means this could be one of the biggest events in the country. Um, Really excited for that. And SoCal Open should be a super major as well. Um, get out there and get those tickets. We can't wait to see everybody. It's going to be a ton of fun. And that's it for this episode. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Booyah.